Welcome to This is the Bad Place, a podcast about the NBC TV show The Good Place and the journey of two ex-evangelicals leaving white evangelicalism. Okay, welcome to episode three of This is the Bad Place. And today we're talking about chapter three of The Good Place, which is called Tahani Al-Jamil. Uh, so it's all about Tahani. Hi, Crispin. Hello. I'm very excited about this one because things are finally happening. We are going to find out some what stuff, some stuff. Wh- who has been sending Eleanor slips of paper under the door? Yeah. Which sounds like not a big deal as I say it out loud. <laughs> right. It's just about who do you belong in the good place or not? So, yeah. Episode three starts to kick things off a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and this so this episode is called Tahani Al Jamil. So obviously, it's about the character of Tahani, who is played by Jamila Jamil, who I love um, in this in this show. We already talked about her a little bit, and so I think right away it's it's starting to get into the you know the granular aspects of these characters' personalities. But before we really get into it, I want to say, I think some people are not watching The Good Place, and I think some people are not re-watching The Good Place, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll just jabber and you can follow along, right? Right, yeah. Okay, here's the synopsis. Uh, so, Chidi begins formally teaching Eleanor ethics. The first lesson is to be kind to your neighbor, which Eleanor loathes to do, considering her distaste for her nemesis, who is Tahani. Michael and Janet help find Chidi a new exciting hobby instead of ethics, which only serves to stress Chidi out. Eleanor gets conscripted into becoming Michael's assistant. And at the end, Jianyu finally talks. That's the big reveal at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Jianyu talks. And I was excited to get to that. But we can't even really talk about Jianyu until next episode. So we'll get to that. It is a brilliant 30 seconds when you're like... At the end? Yeah, right. When you're like, finally he talks, finally we know Uh who has been, you know, who else doesn't belong there. Yeah, and instead of like it being about Eleanor and Eleanor is going to be discovered, all of a sudden it switches at the very end to like, Gianyu is panicked Mm -hmm. because he also doesn't belong. And so... Somehow he he's he uh, sniffed it out about Eleanor. So we'll get to that in the next episode. But anything else you would add to the synopsis of episode three? Yeah. So there is a little subplot here around Chidi mm-hmm. about his life. He spent his life, basically his life's work was writing about ethics. Mm-hmm. He wrote a 3,600-page book that he never finished about ethics and philosophy. And basically is like, this was my life's work. Was it all for nothing? I didn't even finish it. And Michael the Angel says, like, I can read all of the literature and history in an hour. Mm -hmm. And it took me two weeks to read your manuscript. So, Which is so mean. Right, yeah. So Chidi is, like, trying to figure out, like, like, am I a good philosopher? Am I, like, was my life for nothing? So I think that's an important, like, aspect as we're getting to know these characters. Right, which is why the whole subplot about finding him a new hobby because writing about ethics, you know, Chidi needs something else besides mm-hmm. that. Right, and yeah. And he gets stressed out. And he eventually comes to, like, I think I just want to keep going with ethics. And Michael is like, okay, if your idea of the perfect afterlife is me giving you brutal, honest feedback about your wandering thoughts, we can do that, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's good. Um Let's do the ro- the watch rewatch. Do you remember watching this episode in 2016 when it came out? I do. Um, I have to be honest, and I felt a little bit bored the first time. Really? Yeah, because it just felt like I just want to know what's going on with Eleanor, and it just kind of feels like they're just paying attention to these like relationships, and it's sort of like getting into you know cheating in Eleanor and figuring out how to be good people. And I remember it really felt like they're sort of doing this, like, my fair ladying Eleanor. I'm just, like, trying to teach her proper etiquette. Okay. You know, which felt like that's not, to me, it felt like that's not really the core of being a good person. It's just, like, you know, Tahani brings her a plant. So Chidi's like, you should bring her some fruit in return. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just, like, 
you know, following the rules of polite society. That's yeah. not actually ethical. So I just remember feeling kind of like bored by that, but then excited right at the end when we find out that John Yu says, I'm not a Buddhist monk. Um, and I don't belong here either, and I don't know what's going Help on. Help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely remember the twist at the end being like, oh, here we go. Like, now we're cooking with gas. And I do think I enjoyed this episode because it's there's a lot more jokes in it. So, like, Janet is very funny in this <laughs> episode, right? And yes. so I just love Janet. Um, and I think... The first watch around, yeah, you're like, okay, Eleanor is the problem. Eleanor needs to learn to be better. All the flashbacks are of Eleanor being terrible. Um, and then Tahani is like this really good person, right? Mm -hmm. And now if we can go into the rewatch, how we are today, I, th I think it's much more nuanced than that, right? And it's since the title of the episode is Tahani, I just thought, okay, I'm going to focus on her and what this is saying about her. And I think it's much more interesting when mm. you're like, oh, yeah, th this episode is actually not about Eleanor, even though all the flashbacks, everything, you know. Right. So that's yeah. what I thought. It's funny because it is titled Tahani, but I rewatching it really focus on Chidi because Chidi is really feeling torn. He is teaching Eleanor how to be a good person while at the same time trying to reckon with like, am I actually a good ethicist? Can I be trusted? You know? So I thought that was interesting. He's really wrestling through his own thing, which again is a weird thing to have happen in the good place. What's well, funny. I don't think he was struggling with himself at all. But I think there is this like insecurity of like, have I been deluding myself because I spent all this time writing in circles. And so, like, I feel like Chidi is sort of wrestling a little bit with, like, was my work for not? Which maybe is different than being a good person. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. But I think there is this, like, wrestling that's going on with him. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on your rewatch? Um, I think also it just reminded me of being in school and, like, academics being so boring and being, like, these people talking about like I really relate to Eleanor when she's like why should we listen to these old dead men like she said who died and made Aristotle the authority on ethics and she's just like Plato right <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> Socrates died and made Plato the expert then Plato died and made Aristotle the, right. you know, it's, yes. it's all up on his uh chalkboard mm -hmm. and he you know right and I remember being in school and being like I should care about not those people we cared about different people yeah, but, I'm like, like, tell me one thing you know about Socrates <laughs> or Plato or Aristotle Crispin. I'd be very curious to hear. There's the, Lor the LaCroix meme about, like, essence of something and the true thing and the cave. There's a LaCroix <laughs> meme about Plato's uh, famous yes. metaphor of the cave. Yes. <laughs> I, I definitely have some Eleanor vibes. Yes, you do. Like, yeah, it's not like I know much more than that. And in one sense, I do think this entire episode is Mike Shore like getting out all of his judgment on ethical and moral philosophers and how they write, like in him just trolling all of mm -hmm. them with Chidi's manuscript, <laughs> yes. right? Uh -huh. Because I too have tried to read Kant, Plato, and oh my god, mm -hmm. they are just. It's terrible writing. I'm allowed to say that, right? Mm -hmm. You can be good at ethics and be very succinct, okay? You don't have to be like them. Right. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. That's my hill to die on, okay? I like that you're criticizing. Is that like ancient Greek writing? <laughs> oh, like rhetorical analysis? but well, also like Plato? Like, yeah, but also like modern day, like Kierkegaard, for instance. Yeah. Like Kierkegaard, you were really sad and wanted to die, like that's what's going on with you. And then that's how you frame the world. That's me summing it up. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously so good at ethics, so much better than all these people. <laughs> <laughs> there is this element of like, what, what I'm hearing you say is like, if any of these people had a little bit more self-awareness, they made a, might've written differently. Or they were only writing in these rarefied worlds where only a few people could track with what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And I find that surprise, surprise obnoxious Eth ethically wrong no <laughs> okay. let's go back to ethics i find the way ethics are written about to be ethically and morally wrong so that's me yeah but that's why i like mike sure he was like no 
we're going to do this for realsies mm-hmm. and give lots of examples of people to examine uh, moral absolutes. So, what was your? What are some of your favorite things about the episode? My top favorite thing is when they are trying to give Chidi a new hobby, mm-hmm. and they suggest cartographer, yes. and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm not going to be good at this because I've been diagnosed with directional insanity. <laughs> lines it really is and then they're leaving and he walks the opposite direction okay which one of us has more directional insanity crispin uh i think actually you yes is that okay to say i think it's fine but you have a touch of it yourself i definitely do (laughs) i definitely do and there's no shame in it I am so happy I live in a world with GPS Mm -hmm. and I live in a world where like Literally, to my older sister Lindsay's house, I have to map it on my phone mm-hmm. and follow the driving directions. If mm-hmm. I tried to get there on my own, the directional insanity would hit me. <laughs> and I'd be very stressed out. I'm not kidding. Uh-huh. I know you're not as bad as me in that yeah. way. But I also have driving anxiety on top of it. I'm sure Chidi does, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the just add this to the pile of ways you and Chidi have similarities. Yeah, okay. One of my favorite things, because you can think about more if you have them, okay? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is the title of Chidi's book that he uh-huh. was working on, Who We Are and Who We Are Not, colon, a practical eth- practical ethics and their application in the modern world, semicolon, a treatise on the, and then they cut him off. So I'm just like, what is it going to be? Right. I have a so sense that that's like half of the title. Dude, I am known for wanting to have such long subtitles on my books mm-hmm. and i do get them i've i've battled it out and got some mm-hmm. long subtitles on my books right i mean reflections when you s- on affluence autonomy safety and power <laughs> when you said when you send me drafts of things i expect like a full you know two lines oh i love it mm-hmm. or it's something vague like dobson we got dobson here <laughs> It's one of two extremes with me. That's it. Yeah, so I love that. Um, What else did you like? I um, loved Jianyu's and Tahani's interactions because we just see Tahani's frustrations bubbling over. Like, Eleanor comes over to visit, and Jianyu has his eyes closed, and she's like, is he asleep? And Tahani's like, I don't know. Um, And then also, like, she asks Jianyu if he wants tea, and he nods and then leaves the room. And she's like, apparently that means no. Like, you just get this sense of, like, you know, her being like, this is my soulmate, and it is, like, yeah. going worst po- – maybe not worst possible, but, like, gaslighty worst possible, right? Like, it's not outright bad. It's like, you know, this person that's supposed to be, like, so peaceful and enlightened, and yet, like – she doesn't know how to connect with him at all, which is sad for her. It comes up, she does cry, but I do love seeing those interactions. Another thing that I love, a lot of these focus on Tahani, I guess. Um, when Eleanor goes over to Tahani's house, Tahani's house is very Jane Austen. She has a British accent. She sits on one of those slouchy couches, you know, and it's like, we haven't had a chance to discuss all the mayhem in the neighborhood yet. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, nice accent. <laughs> right? She's like, I'm sure I don't know what it's about. Like, <laughs> I just really, part of it was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that when I was a teenager, I loved watching Jane Austen movies, and this sort of brings me back in oh, a way. Okay. So sort of unrelated to anything other than my own personal history. It's funny because when finally at the end of the episode when Chidi's sort of like, okay, Tahani's not perfect, he says she's British. <laughs> and <laughs> and like, condescending. And condescending. Yes. But I love how just like being British, you know, is the is one of the main strikes uh, against her. So I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. I also liked, I mean, part of this is being from Portland, but we learned that all deceased members of the Portland Trailblazers are in the bad place from and, Janet. Yes. And if we followed sports, local sports specifically, that joke would probably be a lot funnier to us. <laughs> true. But we just know there is a team here in Portland called the Trailblazers. We yep. know that. Okay, right. I know that. I mean, in the 90s, they were known as the Jailblazers for oh. reasons I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. That's all I know, but... Uh, well, I it- mean, yeah. It's, well, I just assume something bad because right before that, Janet has one of the best fun facts. By the way, fun facts Janet is where I got the whole segment to do fun facts at the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Janet's fun facts about Columbus was amazing. 
Mm-hmm. He's in the bad place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best Columbus Day meme. Okay, I have some other fun facts, but I'm going to save that for the end. Yeah. Okay. We, we have a fun fact We have section. a whole section about it. So now we get to my favorite part of talking about this show, which is we talk about the ethical question or questions mm-hmm. raised in this episode. Now, I feel like I'm going to stress you out if I ask you, what do you think the ethical questions asked in this episode are well i have a different idea than you so i want you to go first so okay so i think one thing is one question is is there a difference between who what you do and who you are as a person Uh so like for example tahani raised six billion dollars for uh charity but at the same time is a condescending person 60 billion 60 billion did i say six billion yeah Okay, we got to get those numbers right. Yeah, we do. Uh, right? And so, like, I think that brings up sort of a question. Because the whole question is, like, what makes a good person? Doing good things is sort of what Chidi says. But I think that there are different ways that the episode sort of, like, undermines that. Yeah. So, that's kind of where what I picked up on. Oh, I think that's it. Because if you look at the blackboard at the beginning of the episode where Chidi's, you know, doing his history not history, doing his philosophy professor thing, right? It has Socrates, then Plato, then Aristotle, and it's basically summed up as good deeds, good deeds, good deeds, good deeds, good deeds. It's like you, if you do a bunch of good deeds, then it makes you a good person. Mm-hmm. And she seems very happy with this. That's what he's teaching Eleanor. Tahani, you know, the namesake of this episode is held up as like, the example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Tahani has raised $60 billion for charity. Tahani is helpful. Tahani bakes scones. Tahani always looks gorgeous. Tahani. <laughs> that's, it, that's her good deed that is, is looking gorgeous. In, the, in a patriarchal society. Yes, that's like, true. That's one of her good deeds, okay? I mean, when she first walks into Eleanor's house, she's like, hello, sort of in this way of yeah. like, I'm here, like, I'm the gift to you. And I'll put you at ease. And, um, mm-hmm. So Tahani is seen as this like, you know, platonic ideal, get mm-hmm. it? <laughs> um, of a good person because their deeds match up. And I think Chidi also puts himself into this category and his good deeds are reading these philosophers, writing about it, studying it, and teaching other people about it, right? So mm-hmm. we have the good people. And then Jianyu obviously is sort of like seen as good because he's a monk who doesn't talk. So we're like, yes, that person's devoted themselves to spirituality that is good right Mm -hmm. and they deny themselves and so therefore that's a good deed they're good so that leaves eleanor right to be like thinking about her past yeah and so the past flashbacks are interesting did you notice like the sound and everything what do you mean the sound whenever they go to a flashback it's the same sound that the show lost used it's like the oh uh uh-huh um that's why we need you here. Yeah. Because <laughs> you notice all the details. The sound editing. I was like, this is lost, man. This is lost. I thought the flashbacks Eleanor had were fascinating because they centered around sort of like all the moral ambiguities, right, of living in a world full of shitty people, basically. Mm-hmm. And so... the Shitty sh- people and shitty systems, yes. I think. So like... Eleanor's boyfriend's like, we shouldn't go to our local coffee shop anymore because the owner got exposed for being like horrible to women. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor sort of freaks out, right? And gets mm-hmm. extremely defensive and ends up like coming back later in the episode in a flashback, right? And basically proving how she knows like every system's wrong. Right. And that like her boyfriend's not better than her just because he's like, well, I don't want to support this one thing. She's sort of like, what about all these other bad things? Like, like, yeah, directors of movies and owners of uh, sports teams and, yes. like, just uh, anywhere you turn, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are people in power that have done horrible things. So she's like, do you just opt out of everything? Or do you just opt out of one or two things in order to feel better about yourself? That's mm-hmm. kind of what Eleanor is saying. And I'm like, that is actually a very big ethical question. Yes. You, know, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think this dynamic happens a lot. Like... Now that we have access to social media and all this stuff, um, and it's interesting because our oldest child is almost 13 and they're starting to experience this too, right? If if they're talking to their friends and they're like, oh, I really like this show. And then someone can be like, oh, did you know that the creator said something mm-hmm. not great? And then, you know, you have to sort of decide like, oh, 
oh, I didn't know that. Oh, they can I not remember. Watch? You know, remember like, their solution? Who's our child's? Yes. What? They're like, I'm going to watch that show when the creator is dead so they don't get any money from it. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, I, I think that's like a, I mean, that's that's actually an interesting like take on it. And so. everybody's trying to figure it out. And people have different motivations. And I don't think even in The Good Place, they were saying like everybody who points out something's wrong, like they're not doing it just to prove they're good. Like we're all trying to figure out the ethics mm-hmm. of being alive. And you know, contributing money or anything to really unethical systems. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge question. Mm -hmm. How to be a good person when there's so much corruption, right? And so some people are just like, well, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which, fine. To Mm -hmm. me, that sounds a lot like spiritual bypassing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Eleanor is fascinating because these flashbacks are showing her just getting so defensive And then the same thing comes up with Tani, right? So Mm -hmm. she smells that same thing of like, there's more going on here than you just do good things. You're a good person. Like, you're really annoying. You make me feel bad about myself. So I think that is so fascinating. Mm. Wait, wait, you mean that she, like, Tani notices it or Tani, like, brings up that question as a character? Right. No, Tani makes Eleanor feel bad Mm -hmm. about herself. Right. Right. And that's sort of like what this episode is about. And and Eleanor even says, like, Tahani is my kryptonite, like the per- almost like the perfect person to bring up all my insecurity. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. Like, I, I don't think Eleanor is wrong. Like, I think first watch of the episode back in 2016, I'm just like, OK, they're enemies. There's tension. But now looking at it, it's like, yeah, Tahani brings over this plant as a housewarming gift. But then anytime Eleanor says something mean about Tahani, the plant dies dies or goes up in flames and i was just like that is fascinating a fascinating metaphor right for these people who them constantly talking about how good they are and how much better they are than you like our society is like yeah that makes sense and you should learn to take it you know Mm -hmm. you should learn to feel okay with feeling like a bad person but Okay, I have more to say. So here's what i think like there's something here about before you say more uh about like yeah they're the deeds you do but like where does what kind of person are you and so i think it's really striking tahani at one point is crying and eleanor goes and gives her a hug and you see empathy and like empathy is different than tahani's condescending like nature and i think like empathy for someone who triggers you right to be able to get over that Mm -hmm. and to work hard Right. Like, and it makes me wonder, like, is that a good deed or is that a different category? Because that's more about, like, kind of the person you are, yeah. which is very different than, like, raising $60 billion for charity. I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but it's kind of, like, brings up this, I guess, philosophical question. Yeah. And I think what came up to me was when we decide to be good within the frameworks of a system, right, mm-hmm. it actually can lead to us making a lot of unethical choices and being unethical because we're like, well, we figured it out. Let's just keep going this way. For instance, Chidi straight up tells Eleanor in this episode, like, you have to accept it. Like, you do not belong here based off of the rules. Like, Tahani is just objectively a better person than you and you do not belong in the good place. That's extremely cruel. That's like mm-hmm. really bad. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks that he is a moral philosopher and he sees it all clearly and that he is an arbit- you know, an arbitrator of who's good and who's not. Mm-hmm. And he's saying things to Eleanor that would crush so many people. And that's what, what I kind of love about Eleanor. She's just like, well, maybe that's true, but I can't change. you know. And then she ends up doing this. So I'm just like, Chidi is like... Not cool in this episode. Right. If you ask me. I mean, there are a few things that Chidi says. So it's interesting. That's why I brought up, like, him kind of wrestling through, like, you know, are my ethics solid? Because he says some things in this episode that I'm like, I don't think that's very ethical. No. I think another example for Chidi in this episode is that when Eleanor brings the flower over and he's like, you have to reciprocate. And I think that actually, I'm like, is that ethical or not? I think that is, like, boomer patriarchal culture to be like 
if someone does something good for you, you need to respond in return. Because that yeah. is in these systems, right? The my fair lady ness of it, yeah. of like polite society, is like someone gives you something and you have to reciprocate. You have to like return the favor, which I think actually just just actually has the impact of creating communities that are insular and don't pay attention to those that can't give back. Yeah. So, you know, both of us grew up in white evangelicalism and we were told the rules of the ethical framework and how to be a good person within this framework. We were mm-hmm. we were taught that very explicitly, right? And right. and for both of us growing up in homes where like white evangelical parenting methods were utilized, like by Dr. Dobson and all that, you know, that involved being spanked, punished, guilt, shamed whenever we didn't align with our parents' desires. And so this is like from tiny little things. Mm -hmm. Like, are you going to eat all your food? Are you going to be a picky eater? Like, I was not allowed to be a picky eater, right? Mm -hmm. And so being forced to eat food, you know, to the big, like, if you don't accept Jesus into your heart, you're going to go to hell and make mommy sad. Like, so why don't you do that? You know, Mm -hmm. so we learned how to be good within this framework. And then it ended up, it ended up making us really unethical to people and making decisions even in our minds where we conceptualize the world into good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. And if you stay there, you can just see how it leads to you treating people so badly while at the same time believing you are good. So I think Chidi and Tahani are both really interesting examples of that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back to Eleanor in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear about you growing up in a framework where the hierarchy was so pronounced and everybody around you was like this is the way it is yeah i i mean i remember as a teenager starting to have my questions and doubts um and then kind of getting to this point of like well i guess that's just the way it is like i'm gonna hold my internal experience separately from other everyone else although then I got into ethics in college. It wasn't like we talked about. It wasn't ethics. It was different kinds of theology. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, actually, this whole system that just upholds power, like maybe isn't representative of the person of Jesus, which was really freeing for me. But um, I want to go back to the the uh, Tahani giving something, and then Chidi's like, you have to give something back mm-hmm. because I think that really encompasses what I grew up with, which was like. God loves you. Your parents love you. Look at all the stuff we've done for you. Therefore, you have to give back and you have to obey. Yeah. And it actually was dedicate like... dedicate your life to this. Yeah. Right. So the idea of being good was actually tied into like loyalty and control. And I don't think that's unique to white evangelicalism either. I think yeah. like so many societies... You, you can kind of think of it as love bombing, right? Yeah. Like whether it's like you, you know, get a job at like a law firm and it's like, this is your opportunity. Therefore, you yeah. have to like devote every single hour, you know, like and it creates these unethical things. But it's really focused on like your own guilt and shame, right? If you want to feel like a good person, then you have to pay this person back in yeah. a way. Yeah, it's interesting because like, uh, like a story that comes to my mind is when you know, you and I met at Bible college here in Portland at Multnomah Bible College. And um, I remember being in a class with like one of the professors that everyone loved. He was like liberal because he went to like a Jesuit university, which was like a really big deal for our little fundy school. Everybody loved him. And it was like a class on Paul or something in church mm-hmm. doctrine. And I started like sobbing at the end of one class talking about women because if you didn't grow up in white evangelicalism or conservative Christianity, Paul is like someone who wrote supposedly a bunch of letters that are in the New Testament. And he has very intense ideas about women, including women should not preach in churches or really shouldn't speak without their hair being covered. So in our little fundy world, right, girls couldn't be pastors, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was in this class with this like liberal kind professor kind of going through Paul's thoughts on women – you know, not putting it in a cultural context at all and, and and saying basically like, yeah, this is how it sort of is. And I started crying. And I just said like, I, I don't even remember what I said, but I said something like, this makes me feel so bad. And I re- it was at the end of the class and the professor just looked at me and I was sitting in the front row because I love this professor. And he was like, no, this is good news. Like, this isn't bad news. And I was like, you saying that in a nice voice doesn't change anything. Like Mm -hmm. you trying to be like, I'm such a good guy. Like this religion's so good. Like why, 
why would you cry? Like then, and to me, that's like cheaty, right? Like I'm not saying this professor was all bad, although I think he's done lots of harm, mm-hmm. partly due to him believing he's such a good liberal guy at this place. Um, but just to be told my inner experience of being someone socialized as female, and I didn't have a right to cry when hearing about how I'm a second class citizen and should never be allowed to preach and just accept it as the way the world is. You know what I mean? Like that's the level of gaslighting I've been under. And it comes from these people truly believing they are good. This framework is good. Anybody who says otherwise, like, well, that's on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I love it because Eleanor is like, yeah, I know that I'm not an ethical person, but what y'all are trying to get me to buy into doesn't feel a great either. Exactly. Like she, I think she wants to be better, but she's also like, she's like, Tani's whole thing is a con, is a scam. Mm-hmm. And I think we will see this played out the rest of the season. Like, Tani is insecure. Like, Chidi mm-hmm. obviously has anxiety. Like, there's things going on with all these people. They aren't actually perfect. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor can just sniff that out, mm-hmm. which is why we love her. Right. Which reminds me, we just... We're going to talk about this at the end of the episode. We will come back to it. But we, in one of our Patreon-only episodes recently, we talked about, like, the different, like, family systems, like the scapegoat, or, I mean, the black sheep, the golden child, and, like, which of these characters mm-hmm. fit. So um, I just thought that was really fun. So if that's kind of your jam, you might want to check out the Patreon. Yeah, Eleanor's a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Scapegoat and black sheep, because she's the one that's like, no, this is, like, effed up. I'm going to... I don't care what you think of me. I'll be the bad kid. But I also will say, like, there's something wrong with this. Yeah. And I think, like, a good practical thing. It's funny because, like, I'm like, is this about ethics? I think it might be, but maybe not. I think sometimes ethics can get so in our heads. When in reality, I re- when I rewatched this episode, I was, like, I was paying attention to how the characters made each other feel. Right? Mm-hmm. Michael makes Chidi feel anxious, right? <laughs> yes. Chidi makes Eleanor feel anxious. Tahani makes Eleanor feel angry, like triggers a fight response. Jianyu makes Tahani feel anxious, like, mm-hmm. uh, and angry. And angry. Like, so I'm like, going forward, when we, when we find ourselves in these scenarios, like white evangelicals, I'm like, no, this is the good place. If you have a problem with it, that's on you. I'm like, just pay attention to how people make you feel. If they make you feel anxious, angry, bad, like that's very vital information that we should be cataloging. If someone's like, I'm a really good person and the reason you're feeling this way is all on you. No, that's mm-hmm. that's not true. Maybe I'm getting into therapy land. and I- No, I think that like hits on this piece of like, is there a difference between being someone that has done a lot of good in the world, quote unquote, and someone who's actually empathic. Yeah. Right? And, like, I think this comes up all the time. Like, I mean, I think part of this hits it, hits on, like, don't meet your heroes. Because some of the people that have done, you know, amazing things in the world sometimes are not people that are, like, very emotionally healthy. Well, do you know how devastating that's been for me as an autistic person to meet yes. some of my heroes? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, they're human beings. And I can pay attention to how they make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's moving forward coming as someone socialized into a good bad binary you know this is going to be vital for me going forward is to pay attention to my body and and get less because i could be a cheaty nope you know i've been Mm -hmm. a cheaty so certain of my ethics and then doing things that are really dehumanizing and make people feel really bad so i think this is uh This actually hits on something that I've seen a shift in my own thinking over the past few years, definitely this last year. Um, Before it was like, am I a good person? Um, Am I a bad person? You know, kind of reflect on my life. And I think a better way of thinking about it is like, am I a healthy person? Like, what's it mean to be human? And healthy is a spectrum. It's not a binary, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that's even what we see in in this episode is like, you know, thinking about Eleanor responding you know, positively to Tahani, like that's part of being a healthy person. That's getting in touch with your own emotions, noticing your own hangups and still being able to like connect with others. Exactly. And I think Eleanor is a great example of someone learning to deal with their triggers. So just because we're going to be all about paying attention to our body, that doesn't mean that you're not responsible for what you do mm-hmm. with your body and your triggered emotions. And Eleanor is able to cons- to say to Chidi, like, I think Tahani like is making me feel insecure. 
Mm-hmm. And like just being able to name that, she's able to move forward, notice that in herself, and then show up in the way she wants to with Tahani, which is to respond to Tahani's tears with like a genuine human connection. So I'm just like, go, Eleanor, working on your triggers. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And right. In contrast to Tahani, who's like, I have to help people because I have to feel yeah, like Tahani I belong. Is not here. working on her triggers, nor is Chidi. You're right. You know? Yes. But Eleanor Poor is. Chidi. I was mad at Chidi on this rewatch, if you can't tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, we gotta keep going. Yes. Okay. Uh it's time for our You Might Have Religious Trauma If no, segment, which you say it like always how I want you make to say me it. say it. Do it. I already did a terrible accent this uh-huh, episode. More, more. Uh, I I just have to like really manifest the mm-hmm. mustache. Mm-hmm. You might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I laughed really loud. You might have religious trauma if. Oh my god! I can't do You're it. So bad, and I adore it. You made me. I did. Okay. What you made me do. Oh no. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would say you might have religious trauma. If you worry that you weren't good because you did good things to try to feel better about yourself. Okay. So just this idea of like, I think religious trauma a lot of times, even when you're doing the things that you want to do or like that are good, you end up really focusing on your motivations and feeling insecure about like, but what if I'm doing this because I'm just faking it and I'm actually a bad person underneath? Yeah, it's funny because evangelicalism teaches you to police even your own thoughts and your journaling. Like you can never have a thought that doesn't align with God. And it Mm -hmm. is um, hellish. So mine is you might have religious trauma if you really identified with Tahani when she said, do you ever have that experience of being somewhere where it's supposed to be perfect, but something's off, you know? Mm-hmm. And something's just off and you can't fix it. And she was talking about her soulmate, Gian, you not talking to her. But I was like, well, if that isn't all of our experiences in mm-hmm. a in a high control group like white evangelicalism, right? We were doing all the things, going to all the things, journaling, reading our Bibles, praying, and and we always felt like there was something off, right? And I I resonate with that. I think this entire episode and this entire season. That is the theme. Things are slightly off. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you notice anything else slightly off in this episode? Because I did. Um, no. What stood out to you? Okay. So I'm going to get back on my frozen yogurt beat. Okay. Fro- there's something slightly off about frozen yogurt. Okay. Uh-huh. Eleanor was eating it when Michael came up to, you know, like something slightly off. Um, in Eleanor's house, there's no stairs. And so she just like <laughs> has to jump down from this ledge and she's just like, oh, why are there no stairs? Like the clowns, mm-hmm. like there's just always something slightly off and it just makes you feel weird about yourself. Like mm-hmm. this is the good place. I can't be that annoyed about the lack of stairs. Mm-hmm. This is the good place. I can't be annoyed that there's only Froyo and no other desserts. Like, this is great. This mm-hmm. is great. You know, just right. that sense yeah. of like, I feel like everybody in white evangelicalism, we were just eating froyo all the time, being like, this is the best. <laughs> right. Everyone should eat froyo and only froyo. Mm-hmm. And like, let's go to a twice a week meetings about froyo. Let's keep up. You know, just right. Yeah. The yeah. froyo of it all. I can't, you know, get right. over it. Exactly. Yes, for sure. I mean, it, it makes me think of a tweet I just saw from one of our listeners, Zach Malm, um, who was talking about, like, I don't understand why anyone would listen to worship music outside of a worship service. Oh, people do it all. And worship music time. is the froyo. Yes. For those of you that don't know about this world, it is the most basic music because it's kind of the idea that everyone can sing along to it. Super boring, and yet people just pump it into their cars on the way to work every to day. Feel good about themselves. Yep, and to feel like they're connecting to God. Right. Um, I think the other thing that feels slightly off, uh, in a humorous way, is Janet. So you know, yes. just this piece of like Janet is like salty, sultry, like because Michael keeps on sort of rebooting her mm-hmm. into these different programs. So that's another yeah. piece that feels slightly off, but in a more humorous way. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Deal's fun facts. Fun facts. Okay. Um, first of all, do you know who wrote the foreword to Tahani's diary? 
Um, Kanye West. No. Just because she mentions him at some point being Did a friend. She... <laughs> Not in this episode. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, no, the foreword is written by two people, co written by Malala Yusuf and Kylie Minogue. <laughs> I can tell you don't know who that is. <laughs> Australian trying. pop star, okay? Okay. Um, so I think that's funny. And then fun facts. Uh when Eleanor brings the basket of pears to Tahani, Tahani throws it in the garbage. Do you remember why? Yes, because it's bad luck in Chinese culture. I lived in China okay. and I was like, I do not remember this. Well, I Googled it. It's real. Okay, I just was a teenager not paying attention. And at first I thought Tani was being like weirdly racist. But then I was like, no, Jianyu is a Taiwanese monk. Mm. And Taiwan is obviously has a co- conflicted history with China. But still, like, mm-hmm. that's actually um, kind of legit. Because it, it, the word for pair sounds similar to like another word that has negative connotations, oh, right? Okay. I remember you telling me certain things in Chinese culture, like right. a certain number, and right. you know, like the number four uh, is very similar to death. So there's so there's some, like lots of yeah, right? lots of office buildings that don't have a fourth floor. Yes, okay. So Tahani gave sixty billion dollars. Okay, what are some other in two thousand sixteen? In 2016 Which, money. Who knows okay. what inflation has been like in seven years. I know. So what do you think you could do with $60 billion? <sighs> Buy X from Elon Musk. I guess so. I Googled it. There's actually an article. Uh, you're so pleased with yourself for that joke. There's an article that says, what does $60 billion buy? Okay. Okay. And it's from the New York Times. It is also 13 years old. This is from 2010. But... <laughs> It was basically saying in 2010, $60 billion was the amount of money the U.S. government did not get because of George W. Bush tax cuts for the for the wealthy, right? And so the U.S. government has $60 billion less dollars because they refuse to tax people who make over $250,000 a year. So I thought that was interesting, an interesting number. Uh-huh. And with $60 billion, you could basically... Uh, you could pay for universal preschool for all three and four year olds in the United States, and they could have very small classes, okay, with like mm. a lot of teachers. And um, it said sixty billion could also make college free for about half of all full time college students. So I just thought, let's just put this in perspective. And um, that is a lot, but for some reason, it's surprising that you can't do more with it. Oh, I'm sure you can. Okay. They were like, you can fund so much research, you can do all, mm. you know, you can do so much with 16. this. Was like a cumulative list. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's a long article. I see. Okay. But the sixty billion was fascinating to me because of the connotations to not taxing the rich, and I mm. think this also goes back to Eleanor's whole thing of like, we're kind of screwed, like. There's so many corrupt things going on. Mm-hmm. Why are you making me feel like a shitty person? Like, which is, it's, I kind of resonate with that. It's just like tax the billionaires. Mm-hmm. I do believe that is one of Mike Schur's goals, mm-hmm. which is why I trust him. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, not to get too off on a tangent, but like I have a, we have a friend who's like an environmental activist and he's like, yeah, you can do, you know, buy your green products at Target or whatever. And that is not going to come close to what is actually needed, which is like putting controls on these businesses that are polluting the environment. Not to be too depressing. No, that's it. Okay. I think it it is helpful as we're talking about ethics. I think that approach is helpful because we are faced with all these ethical questions. And I think there's something that feels powerless about saying like, I can't really control this. But it also takes a little bit of pressure off that, like, every single decision I make is not, like, determining the future of humanity. And not to spoiler it, uh, but this this theme comes up, you know, more and more in this show. So we'll mm-hmm. keep coming back to it. Yeah. Uh, we have a listener call that we wanted to listen to okay. from a local Hi, Mayfield. This is fellow Portlander Ben Emerson. Uh, I had been kicking around rewatching The Good Place for a while, and now you have inspired me to do so, and I appreciate that. I started watching it where I had just recently decided that I couldn't call myself a Christian anymore, and it was such a wonderful way to start 
examining my old beliefs from an outsider with some perspective, with some humor. Just absolutely adored the show. And I'm so thrilled that you all are watching it again, because now I can watch it with you and analyze it and look at it and find new things in it. So anyway, happy that you guys are doing this and to run along with you while you do. Okay. Well, thanks, Ben. That was very nice. Yeah. I think it is such, the show is such a good way of looking at our upbringing, but also like there's so much just that we take for granted in American culture, especially this being a like Christianity having so much dominance in U.S. culture. Like, I think there are all these things that come up. So I am so glad that y'all are listening along. Thanks so much, Ben. Also, Ben and anybody else, if you leave a message and we put it on this, you know, podcast, I will send you a weird keychain that I make for you. Ben, (laughs) you got to email me, okay? And let me know. Do you want it to say, fun fact, Columbus is in the bad place? Because I will make you a keychain that says that if you want. So, yeah, that's your incentive to call in (laughs) and leave a voicemail, okay? Right. For us, that information will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. We do love hearing from y'all. And just so glad to, like, wherever you're at, like, have these conversations. Because I think that it was the point of the show is, like, bringing up these ethical questions. I don't want to give too much away, you know. But there are so many things that come up throughout this series that I think are continually relevant. So we're so excited to keep going with it. We've hit the this is the good place segment okay. where we talk about what is giving us life. Yeah, you have to right go now. first. Um, it is what is giving me life and frustrating everyone else in our household is that I went to see Taylor Swift last weekend mm-hmm. and I had like one day where I was like, I can't listen to Taylor Swift because I listened to her perform for nearly four hours straight. And then after that, I was like, I'm back on it. Like, yeah. I'm just listening to Taylor Swift every single moment. And um, I have a, lot, a wide variety of tastes, but um, just for me to like find music that I really love, like that has just always been a part of my life. And it's always a reminder that like if I'm not listening to music, mm-hmm. I am feeling dead inside. And okay. so it's been a good uh, time of listening to lots of Taylor Swift music this week. Yes, you've really enjoyed that. <laughs> you're the only Swifty in our house, so you're alone in that love. Um Taylor Swift brings up a lot of ethical conundrums for me. We won't get into that here. Uh, Okay, what's good for me is tomato sandwiches and allowing myself to eat a tomato sandwich every day as long as I want to. Not feeling weird about that. Harriet the Spy did it. You know, she's goals or whatever, autistic goals. And um, that's great. But it has to be white bread. There has to be mayo. It has to be an heirloom tomato, a local tomato, sun-ripened delicious with some salt and pepper on it and i'll eat that every day and it's similar to you being a swifty as mm-hmm. i am the only person in our family who likes this right and so i am alone each of us are alone each of us have to die alone and live alone and eat the same foods that we want to eat alone you know mm-hmm. that is existential how is that re- really do hope in humanity i don't know but i'm like we can make good tomatoes and somebody came up with the idea for this sandwich and it doesn't sound good, but it it slaps. <laughs> as our... I know. I'm just going to try and put in some of this as, every episode. As our 12-year-old would say. <laughs> yes. They'll be 13 by the time this episode comes out. So oh, that's wow. Fun. That's true. Okay. We did want to mention we've been recording some Patreon-only episodes and putting those out. And they're super good. Yes. I think trust they're us. so freaking good. And we also get to talk more behind the paywall about this exciting project we're working on. And mm-hmm. so if you want to hear about that um, and uh, we'll, we might put in some clips here and there coming of one of the series we're doing once a month, books from the bad place. We talked about James Dobson's um, dare to discipline. So if you want to hear us talk about a really bad book that impacted a lot of us, you can join our Patreon for $4 a month. The other episode that we just put out was our spoiler episode where we talk about these themes and these episodes um, but we talk about uh, it in the full range of having seen all four seasons. So if you're on the rewatch and you already know the things and you want to be a part of that conversation. And I'm screaming ju- about Michael over there. <laughs> yes, you are. Michael and John, you. So if you want to hear about that, you can come over again. Four bucks a month and you get these two extra podcast episodes every month. Mm-hmm. Plus our awesome listener community in Facebook, which is full of a lot of memes these days, which I am enjoying mm-hmm. immensely. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
It is really fun. Religious trauma, good place stuff. Like we're talking about it all over there. Mm -hmm. Hope you all join us. Um, And we will be back in two weeks talking about episode four. And we are going to find out more about why Jianyu has been pretending to be a Buddhist monk. Very excited. Yeah. Talk to you then. Hey, so before we finish up the episode, we wanted to drop just a little clip of a spoiler. So there's no spoilers in this little clip, but wanted to just give you a little picture of what's going on over there. I mean, Chidi says he's never had a soulmate before. And so he's so like thrilled and terrified, right? Mm-hmm. When they tell him this and then he gets Eleanor. Do you, did you ever worry that you're, I mean, in the Christian version of this growing up, yeah. it was like the person that God designed for yeah. you to marry or planned for you to marry, right? Mm-hmm. Which I have a I have a memory of this. When I was 16. Yeah, you were into this shit, man. Yes, I was very into it. Yeah. And God told me who I was going to marry. It was not you, which is maybe why we've left the faith. I know. Um, but I went on a mission trip to Montana. Oh, we I know. Every time you say it, I have to just yell no. I just have to put the record out there. A mission trip to Montana. I'm mad at your old youth leaders. We did a camping trip. Turned out to be at the height of tick season. Over the course of the night, I pulled two ticks out of my belly button. Could not sleep. Went wandering around that morning, starting at 4 a.m., which, where were the youth leaders? I just, like, wandered into the forest. Oh, no. And God told me that time... (laughs) who I was going to marry. It was the cutest girl in the youth group. Yeah. That's just a little picture of what our spoiler sodes are like. Also a reminder that in addition to spoiler sodes over on Patreon, we're also doing books from the bad place. We've been talking about Dr. James Dobson's books recently. He's the man who founded Focus on the Family. Might be a familiar name to you. So over there, you can join for $4 a month and listen to those two extra episodes a month along with our Facebook community. Hope to see you there. This has been an episode of This is the Bad Place, a special season of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram by searching Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. You can find us on the web at propheticimaginationstation.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-912-4130 or record a voice memo and send it to propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. Join our Patreon community to hear two extra episodes a month and join our Facebook group to discuss episodes and more. And we hope you'll join us next time in the bad place. (laughs) 